Jake Asman and Dan Budick break down the world of sports right here, right now on VIC Radio. And that's us. You're listening to the Asman and Budick Show right here on VIC Radio. Jake Asman alongside Dan Budick. And now we're honored to have on one of our good buddies calling into the program, Seth Everett. You see him everywhere on MLB Network, and we're excited to have him on the program. Seth, what's going on, my man? How are you guys, my old friend? Doing great, Seth. Good to talk to you again. How's everything going? Good. I miss you guys. I, I miss you, too. I was talking to Jake. You know, we since we don't do the spree cast regularly, we don't get to see your face enough. <laughs> you know what I look like. I, well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a beautiful, beautiful man. So let's ask you, Seth. Let's get right to it. We know you're you obviously the, the big man in baseball. We'll start with the Mets, the team that you obviously have some ties to back in the day. As this team's currently constructed right now, are they good enough to be a playoff team, in your opinion? Ooh, that's the way you want to phrase it? Because well, you're not going to like the answer. But well, if you want to phrase it any better, I well, think they're a good team. Well, if we to rephrase, are they good enough to be competitive for that second wild card <laughs> No, they'll spot? be competitive. They'll be competitive. They are a competitive team. Uh, the pitching is obviously their strength. Uh, what My issue with the, what the Mets have done is they, they know that they have a good asset, and they didn't want to do anything to guarantee it. Um, a perfect example. The Nationals are the, the team that they're chasing. And the Nationals had a chance to get Max Scherzer, and they did it. It would have behooved them to trade Jordan Zimmerman. They said, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep Jordan Zimmerman, even if we're going to risk now losing him and getting nothing, because what they want to have at the end of the year is a ring. But the difference with them, what the Mets did is... Here they're in this position where they have this great young pitching, this bullpen that has real potential, and what they essentially are doing is keeping their fingers crossed that Ligaris, Darno, Duda, you know, all these young kids that they kind of just fell into, all of a sudden just all get better at the same time. And all I'm saying is, is if they have any hiccups, their offense is going to struggle because it's not like they have guaranteed masters. You know, Wright's not a guaranteed master anymore. Kadire is not at this stage of his career. Neither can you say Granderson. So what they did was they just brought in a lot of ifs offensively. If they hit, they will win. They have the pitching to do it. But I don't know that they're going to hit. Well, that, that's what I was saying, and I agree with you 100%, Seth. I was saying even going back two or three weeks ago, maybe even in deeper into the offseason, I would have traded G- Dylan G. I think Dylan G had a trade market. I no, think there, he didn't have the market. Well, that's well the I think there was, a mar- there was a market enough to get rid of him. I think some teams were looking for a, a middle of the back end of the rotation guy. I think they could have picked up. I know they did it in a different way to get a, an extra arm in the bullpen. I know they got Blevins and they got Torres, but I think it could have done them a service, Seth, to try to look to, to trade G. More seriously, to try to get rid of him and maybe open up a spot for a Noah Syndergaard in the rotation. Well, I wouldn't have done that. It would have been Montero. Syndergaard's or Montero not ready. too. Montero too. Syndergaard's not ready. And the thing about Syndergaard is the myth about him is greater than the pitcher. And I, I, I mean that honestly. I've talked to enough scouts. First of all, the guy's not smart. Okay. Well, that's and what I've heard. I have heard that he can't call his own game. And so at this level, he can get away with that. But at the next level, he's going to get a rude awakening. And his arm might be able to carry him. You know, there were pitchers. <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. There was a pitcher who played for a number of organizations that I, I used to, and I'm not going to give you his name, but he, I'll tell you off air. He, he was so stupid that he was the bar that we would set other in- players' intelligence on. <laughs> we would literally say, is he blank stupid? And it was that guy's name. And... 
you know, what Syndergaard, I'm not calling him stupid, but what I'm saying is he needs to learn the sport. And that's where I think that I like the patience that they're giving. Montero seems to me like he's ready. I think that the Dylan G trade conversation came about because they realized that there was absolutely no market for John Neese. And there was a need, there's no worth in trading Cologne. Well, make him your opening day starter. That makes perfect sense. And so the, the argument was if they had, could have gotten somebody to take fool's gold with Nice, they would have loved to. Once that didn't happen, it was obvious that G was the only other guy, and I just thought he lost all his trade value. Now, Seth, one of the big question marks surrounding the Mets this year is Matt Harvey and whether or not he could regain the type of pitcher that he was when he started the All-Star game in 2013. We know he missed all of 2014 with the Tommy John surgery. What do you think Matt Harvey could bring to the table for the Mets this year? Is he going to be the guy like he was in 2013? You know, it's it's, it's funny. The way you asked it exactly right, I, I wish I had a good answer. You know, tradition shows you that there'll be a dead arm period. He hasn't experienced that yet. He also has been on this really slow pace, so maybe they're going to delay that. He's going to have it at some point. Um, does he come out guns a-blazing? Does he come out and get frustrated by the restrictions? Uh, does he hold anything back? Uh, does he have any kind of fear? It doesn't look like it, but again, it was only spring training. You know, all those different things. Does he start on a night when it's nasty weather? Then there's a gate issue. You know, again, we're talking about this franchise, so, you know, I like being unfettered, but I can honestly say, you know, if they're scheduled to play him and it's cold or it's drizzly, do you, you, you upset the apple cart. You change everything. Everything changes now. And do you do all those things and all those factors? You know, we look at Tommy John surgery. I'm a big believer in the surgery. I understand it. It's become an epidemic. But usually it's the year after when they reach their full potential. Will he do it in 2015? I don't know. Well, that's what a lot of people say. But you're looking over to the Yankees in the American League and that American League East. Who do you think is going to come out on top at the end of the season and win that division? You know, until they're unseated, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Um, I just I, I like their franchise. I like the people running it. I'm a huge Dan Duquette guy, and I'm a huge Buck Showalter guy. So uh, I love what the Orioles put together. You know, when they, they, they made certain trades, you know, they, they did so. Look, they lost Marquecas. That's going to be a loss. There's, there's no question. Um, I thought Marquecas was going to sign there, and that, that sets them back. But, you know, Toronto has questions. You know, Boston has a, a lot going for them. Um, they're going to obviously give them a run for the money, and, you know, I'm not going out of limb by saying the Red Sox could unseat them. There's no question. Um, Toronto, Boston, and, and, uh, and, and the Red Sox. Toronto, Boston, and the Orioles. Uh, to me, are, are kind of a hodgepodge, and I, I kind of am leaning toward Baltimore just for the sake of the argument. Now, Seth, if the Yankees missed the playoffs this year for the third straight season, do you think Joe Girardi keeps his job in 2016? Depends on the circumstances. If it's just a bunch of guys that don't perform, then yes. If it's a lot of injuries, which is what I fear, um, you know, look, to me, I'm, I have trouble embracing Tanaka only because they're playing with fool's gold. Um, we have not seen him go through the rigmarole of what a season requires uh, and not come lame. So I don't know about Tanaka. You know, Sabathia got shelled in spring training and kept telling you how great he feels. I never understand that guy. I love CC Sabathia, but I never understand what he's saying. 
you know, this is a guy who, when he was his heaviest, he threw his best, then he tried to lose weight, and it, it backfired on him. You know, there's there's all kinds of things that happened uh, with, with with him. And, you know, to me, uh, I, I just I don't think the Yankees are in a really good health position. Uh, I just think that they're an old team. They look like an old club. And, you know, I know there's there's enough talent on the roster that says if X, Y, and Z go right, they're in it. Yes, that's very, very possible. It wouldn't shock me to be a, for them to be a plus 500 team. Anything more of that. If you're asking my gut feeling, though, I say sub 500. I, I, I think they're a fourth place team. You also had them fourth place last year, if I remember correctly. Was I right? I didn't look at the standings. I think, what were the Yankees? They won 84 games last year, so they I think they finished maybe second in the division to the Orioles. Second? Okay. So, I'll a little bit. I mean, they, they weren't projected. They didn't win their projected 90 that they were supposed to win last year, but you talk about a guy who had a really good spring training, Alex Rodriguez. Now, what are realistic expectations for Yankee fans and the Yankees for A-Rod in 2015? Well, as long as he DHs, I think it's okay. You know, DHing for him is going to be very, very important because uh, I just think with a bad hip and a bad leg, um, I just think that, you know, playing the field would be to his detriment. Um, He said all the right things. He's done all the right things. I think we're all past it. You know, I I, I I don't have a conversation about Alex Rodriguez that doesn't include the fact that I've known the guy for, you know, 15 years and have hated him for about 14 and a half. Um, I think the guy's the phoniest human being in the in the world. Well, we know but, that already. But that's not what is, you know, is underway. You know, what, what the question is, is what can he produce? Um, you know, in the beginning of the spring, I had said on a couple of radio shows, I didn't think he was going to be healthy enough to really contribute. Um, I'm going to stand by that. The only difference is is that at the time he was going to do part-time infield, and now it's really just full-time DH. So maybe he gets a chance to stay in the field if if that's what he can do. You know, the the interesting thing about, about Alex is if he's smart, he should call his old pal Edgar Martinez, who adjusted to the DH role and literally dominated from the DH role which is a skill because it's hard to stay involved and then have to wait an hour between at-bats. Edgar um, Martinez did that perfectly. Um, the right amount of hitting, the right, you know, I, I know Edgar very well because I, I covered that Mariners team, and I saw the, the, the preparation he would go through during a, a, the course of a game. So that was something that I, you know, had no issue with. Um, Alex should, should lean on that. Alex should talk to Edgar and just remember what he witnessed. Because he was there, we That's were right. all there, and 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 learn how to be a good DH. Because if he embraces the role, like I said, it, it's very possible. I said out in the NL West today, the Padres making a big move, acquiring Craig Kimbrell, and they got Melvin Upton Jr., formerly BJ Upton, of course. Right, the yeah. artist formerly known as BJ. <laughs> of the course, <laughs> now now known as Melvin Upton. What do you think of that move for the Padres, and are they legitimate postseason contenders now? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I, I'm always concerned that BJ and Justin are reunited. Um, that's a weird. That's a weird thing because I thought that them getting separated was going to be good for Justin. I, I worry about that for Justin. I, BJ has been an enigma. Um, you know, the Braves cleared 66 million dollars, but it does take the wind out of their sails that they lost their closer. And you know how much they rely on Craig Kimbrell. Uh, it was so so huge. Uh, the Padres became a real force to be reckoned with because their their strength is their rotation, and then they can go to lights out after seven innings between Benoit and and Kimbrel. On paper, it looks great. It's very funny. I I taped an interview with Mark Sweeney, 
<laughs> I was supposed to post on a sports blog, but now it's going to be outdated. So now I have to come up with a new plan. I got to call Mark. Um, I thought the Padres were going to be good. I still like the Dodgers. I don't know if I should change that all of a sudden, but I can make the argument for it. Absolutely. All right. Before we let you go, Seth, surprise team in both the AL and the NL. Ooh, surprise team. See, they're not such a surprise team. Um, I saw the Mariners, and I think they're really, really good. A lot of people, a lot the of people like the Mariners. I, I saw them, but I don't think they're ready. Um, I, I still think, I, you know, when all is said and done, I'm still going to look at the Angels um, in, that, in that division. I, I just think when it comes to uh, Seattle, and you know, I have ties there, and I, I, I was just there last week uh, in their spring camp, and I think that Nelson Cruz's health is going to be huge for them because Nelson Cruz was the acquisition they should have made last year. And they got him now, and he's going to be great protection for Cano if he's in the lineup. So let's just see what Nelson Cruz can do. Nelson Cruz's numbers I'm not expecting anything from because he's going from a great hitter's park in Camden Yards to Safeco Field, which is probably the worst in, in the sport, in, in the league at least. So now you, tur- you, know, you turn that around. Um, they, they talk about their young players. There's a lot of talent. Ricky Weeks is on that team. Um, you know, Seeger is a, is a great young player. Brad Miller at shortstop. There's a lot of talent there, and I just think that their, their, their big year is next year. You know, the funny thing's gone on in Seattle sports because of the Seahawks, and, you know, if you want to get philosophical, the, the fact that the Seattle Supersonics don't exist anymore, there really is everything is a win-now mentality in Seattle. So, I understand where all the hype is coming from. I just uh, slow down, just just slow down, just a just a tad. And uh, I don't want to rain on their parade, but that's where it seems it's heading. Now, Seth, give us a World Series pick before we let you go. We got to hear it. Oh, really? That's you know, I, I, I'm going to teach you radio one on one. Anybody who can pick winners in the in the divisions that takes skill and thought. Anybody who predicts what's going to happen after a one game playoff or five game <laughs> series, if they think they know. <laughs> They're kidding themselves. Anything can happen. You know, so I so it could be anybody. Let me let me end it with this: the Washington Nationals have to win, and they will win. They are the only team of the thirty teams in Major League Baseball. There is only one that is literally built to win the whole thing, and their their expectation level is so high that anything short of a World Series appearance is an unmitigated failure. You know, you mentioned in the beginning uh, Joe Girardi, Matt Williams can't go home if he doesn't go to the World Series. That's a high expectation that no other team in the sport has. Not St. Louis. Nobody in the American League has that kind of expectation. It's Washington Nationals or bust. I agree. Expectations are very high in Washington. Seth, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Good to talk to both of you guys. So that was Seth Everett of MLB Network. We thank him for coming on the program. Obviously, you can check Seth out on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. And check out his website, thesportsblog.com. Take a look at that. Seth always frequently posts some interviews and posts some of his thoughts on the sports world. Thank you for listening to the Asman and Budic Podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.